When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Started. Father, we honor you and bless you. Thank you for the opportunity to be gathered with amazing leaders. Father, leadership is what everything rises and falls on. So the better the leader, the better the organization, the better the business, the better the ministry the better whatever is happening. And so, Father, we pray that we would go further, faster together. I pray that you would strengthen every leader. I declare that they are the interruption to the dysfunction in their bloodline, their curse breakers, their history makers. And we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together tonight uh, to be able to share together as leaders. In your name we pray. Everybody say amen. Hey, listen, if you are on our leadership call right now, again, when you come in, you're automatically muted. We will open up at the conclusion of the call uh, for you to be able to do a little Q&A. And so that's going to be fantastic. I encourage you to share this. This is a resource that's totally free for leaders. Uh, I encourage you to share it, share it with other people. If you're a pastor, share it with some of your leaders. Uh, my job is to do this, is to simply help leaders go further faster. So if we empower leaders uh, to be able to uh, change their regions, we're going to be able to seize the harvest. And that's what the Harvest Leadership Network is about. A couple of quick things. want to make sure that you know about the Harvest app, you can avail yourself to that and get our app. You can simply text the word HARVEST to 59769. You'll be able to get our free mobile app. There's uh, thousands of messages, over a thousand messages, music, and so much more in our app. In that app, you can also sign up for one-on-one sessions with me. I'm called upon to coach um, and provide direction for executives of brand new organizations as well as multi-million dollar operations. And so there's really no scope of business that I have not or do not currently consult for in terms of its growth and development. And so I would love to spend uh, time with you one-on-one to coach you and develop you, not just in the realm of leadership, but in the realm of relationships, uh, life coaching, anything that you need help with. Even all the greats have coaches. Tiger Woods has a coach. Michael Jordan had a coach. Um, um, the late and great Kobe Bryant had a coach. And so to be great, you've got to have a coach that can help you go further. And so I'd love to do that with you. The awesome thing about coaching, uh, one, if you're part of the Harvest Leadership Network, if you're a member, which currently at this time, there's no cost to join, you receive a discount on that rate to be able to do that session. But the second thing that's amazing is because of how we set the sessions up, all of the proceeds of that actually go to benefit what we call Harvest Missions, both domestic and abroad. And so we've given something now like over $360,000 to missions, both domestically and abroad. And part of that actually comes from the coaching sessions. And so uh, when you do that, just be mindful that not only are you being benefited and blessed and encouraged and equipped, but you are also literally changing the life of somebody else. So be mindful of that. And as I already referenced, you can join and connect with our Harvest Leadership Network, all seven areas of society, not just pastors. But of course, uh, pastors is a major part of our network, but you've got pastors, executives, leaders in any of the seven spheres. They're also referred to as the seven mountains of society. 
of business, arts and entertainment, media, government, education, of course, the church and family. So if you're a leader in any of those areas, uh, I want to speak into you because listen, guys, leaders are always so busy giving that sometimes leaders neglect themselves from receiving. And so part of my assignment is to lead leaders. And so I take that so seriously. So you're welcome to connect with the Harvest Leadership Network. Um, for those of you who text HLN to 59769, the link to join is there. If you don't have that link, no problem. Just go to harvestsearch.church and you can click on HLN. Uh, you can also go to bishopforman.com, click on HLN or the Harvest Leadership Network. And you can connect with us there. Now, one date I do want you to just to begin to plan and prepare for. We'll fully release all of the information about it very soon. But I would love, love, love for you to be part of our conference this year, our 2020 Harvest Conference. We're planning on doing it in Atlanta this year that first week of August. And so uh, make sure that you save those dates. All of the details will be out very soon. It's going to be an amazing gathering of history makers. That's the name of this year's conference, History Makers. That's what you are. And as a leader, can I just get you to write that down somewhere, type it somewhere, put it somewhere where you're going to see it often. You've got to remind yourself, leaders have to keep themselves encouraged. There's a scripture in the Bible that says David uh, was discouraged and the people had spoke of stoning him, but the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, which means, leader, uh, for you to do what you're going to need to do, you got to learn to keep yourself encouraged, all right? So uh, that's what you are. You're a history maker. Uh, tonight's talk is going to be amazing, and I'm going to get into it in just a moment, and then again, we're going to do some Q&A afterwards, but just a couple of quick um, other announcements I want you to be mindful of. Um, one of the things I'd love to hear more from our leadership network and those that are connected for, uh, to us are your testimonies. The Bible says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the what? Word of our testimony. What's a testimony? It's a test that you live to tell about. That's why you're more than a conqueror leader, history making leader. That's what we'll call you from, the, from now on out, uh, from this, uh, from tonight on out, history maker. That's why you are who you are, um, because at the end of the day, you have overcome some things. You've beat some things. And so the, uh, being more than a conqueror, as the Bible says we are, means not only did I beat the test, but I outlived it. And there's some enemies you just simply have to outlive. So please make sure you're submitting your testimonies. So many amazing testimonies of the lives of people that are connected to Harvest. Why do I ask you to do that as a leader? Uh, one, because great leaders are always first great followers, number one. But number two, everything that Bishop Foreman and everything that Harvest does, it's all about seeing results in your life. I am not in ministry uh, and doing the things that I do, uh, not just in ministry, but in business and in every sphere. I don't do it for any other reason except results. Now, obviously, number one, that God gets the glory out of it. But then second to that, because I want to see results. Um, and so I want to know how God's working in your life and, uh, and what's happening in your business, in your ministry, in your organization. Whatever it is, I want to hear it in your church. Whatever it is, I want to hear it. So please make sure that you submit your testimonies uh, so that we can hear what's happening in your life. Uh, I'm just going to share a quick one, uh, a quick one with you. Uh, this is a really, really, uh, really, really quick one, but I just want to share it with you. Um, literally, you can submit it through our app, and, uh, and I know it'll be a great blessing to you. Uh, and then go read some, too. Sometimes as a leader, when you're getting discouraged, you need to go read how God is working in the lives of other people. Um, and so uh, I encourage you to do that. Here's one. It says, um, 
Shalom, sir. I'd just like to give a big thank you. Pop-up prayer. Um, so if you're not connected to me on social media, get connected to me. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok, all of that. Um, it's all Bishop Foreman. If you're on Snapchat, I don't do Snapchat that often, but you can connect with me on Snapchat at Dr. Kevin Foreman. D-R-K-E-V-I-N-F-O-R-E-M-A-N. It said, uh, um, the sleep mode that some of us are in was unacceptable. It was so good to me that I watched it two times. Both times I learned something new. Again, Bishop, thank you for your amazing teaching. Applied knowledge is power. So I encourage you. That's just one about a quick pop-up prayer. So many testimonies about healing and things that are happening in people's life. It's really, really amazing. There's another one here. I'll just read it to you real quick. They literally sent a snapshot um, saying that their credit score had increased 42 points um, from uh, applying some of the principles that they've been learning. So great things are happening in the lives of people connected to Harvest. I want great things to happen in your life, especially if you are part of our leadership network. If you are connected to me, I'm your leader. I want you to succeed and to do well. All right. All right. So tonight's leadership talk is this, and you'll also be able to get it. Um, literally, I'm doing something a little different tonight. So while we're doing the leadership talk, we're actually also recording it. So we're going to post it too, so that people will be able to uh, watch it on our various social media platforms up until about the Q&A portion. But in addition to that, um, don't forget the Leadership Podcast. If you don't su uh, subscribe to the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast, get it. Of course, it's totally free to you. And uh, how do you make all these things free, Bishop Foreman? It's because of the faithful giving of people that are connected to Harvest. And so I want to encourage you um, either before, during, or after to sow. If this blesses you, you should sow into what feeds you. Always feed what feeds you. Uh, and so I encourage you to do that. How can I do that, Bishop? You can go to harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Um, you can also, if you use PayPal, you can send it to hello at harvestchurch.church if you use PayPal. That's the second method, hello at harvestchurch.church. Uh, if you use the cash app, you can go Harvest Church Give, or you can go Bishop Foreman if you want to send it directly to me as a love offering, Harvest Church Give or Bishop Foreman. How do you know it's where you're supposed to be? You're going to see that Harvest V, and that's how you'll know that's where you are supposed to be. And uh, some of you like to mail things in, so you can do that. If you want to use what they used to call, well, still call it snail mail, that's uh, P.O. Box 441004, 44,004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. I'll give you these again uh, at the conclusion of the leadership talk, but just want to make sure that you've got that available. Uh, I'm a giver. I believe in giving, and, uh, and I know what it does to bless your life. And as a leader, you want to also make sure that you are one that gives. All right, let's jump in. Tonight, I want to teach about the ambitious leader, the ambitious leader. So often, um, when we think of ambition, in fact, there was a whole TV show about it that somewhat scandalized um, the thought of someone being ambitious. Ambitious just simply means this. Ambition just simply means this. Ambition simply means that you are an individual that has a strong desire to achieve something that typically requires determination, and hard work. I'm going to give it to you again. A strong desire to achieve something. Let's start right there. Every leader has to know that if you are a leader, you're supposed to be leading people to something. Where are you taking people? If you're a pastor, where are you taking your church? If you're a business owner, where are you taking your business? If you're a family leader, where are you taking your family? If you're an entrepreneur, where are you taking your startup? Where are you taking people? Because you have to have a strong desire to do something. Why? Because you are going to often face discouragement. You're going to often face challenges. You're going to often face things that directly contradict what you're trying to achieve. So ambition isn't just desire because desire alone is not enough. 
It is a strong desire. What does a strong desire look like? It looks like I'm going to press through regardless of what pressure I'm under. It looks like I'm going to find a way to win. Can I get you to write that on, on something or take it on, uh, on your notes if you're typing it? I will find a way to win. See, when you're ambitious, your strong desire makes you find a way. And I'm going to look at a story in the Bible that's often used to talk about faith. And there's elements of faith, absolutely, no doubt. But I'm going to teach it from a leadership perspective. It's a strong desire to do or to achieve something that typically requires, watch me, determination and hard work. Get out of leadership if you don't want to work hard. Work hard does not mean that you beat yourself down and that you always, you know, you're getting, full, you know, 10 minutes of sleep and all of that. Working hard just simply means whatever it takes. Can I get you to write that down? That I have a whatever it takes mentality. If you're in the South, we say it like this, get her done. I got a get her done mentality. Whatever it takes is whatever it takes. I remember when I started, I started my first business when I was 12. And by the time I was 21, I built a very successful real estate finance business and I've had very successful uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. And I've also had some failures, just to be quite frank with you, some things that did not go the way I intended for them to go. But one thing that no one can ever outbeat, uh, uh, outdo me was in my work ethic. I worked hard. And when I was done is when I was done. And part of being a leader means that you live like no one else. Why? So that you can live like no one else. I'm going to say that again, history maker. Part of being a leader is that you live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. If you want to live like everybody else, get off the stage. Get out, get out of the leadership seat because leaders do not have the luxury of living like those that they lead. That's the, that's, there's a different price for leadership that you have certainly, certainly, certainly got to pay, right? So ambition, it's a strong desire to do or achieve something. So what's our question? Where are you taking what you lead? Here's the question to begin beneath that. Where are you taking you? See, it's very difficult for you to lead people in excellence if you're not excellent yourself. It's very difficult to lead people in debt freedom if you're not debt free yourself. It's very difficult for you to lead people in achieving if you don't achieve yourself, all right. So want you to make sure that you understand where am I going? Where am I going? Not just uh, uh, for what I'm leading, but for who I am. How am I leading myself? And it typically requires determination. That means whatever it takes and hard work. Two things, determination and hard work. So I want to look uh, at a story in the Bible that we often look at, um, and it's looked at through a variety of lenses. It's a familiar story in the Bible. If you're not familiar with it, I'm going to familiarize you with it. But I want to teach it to you from a leadership perspective. I want to say it again. I'm going to teach it to you from a leadership perspective. And so let's walk this thing out, leaders. But again, can I just get you to open up your mouth and say this? I'm a history maker. Come on, just open up your mouth and say it. I'm a history maker. Why do you need to say it? Life and death on the power of the tongue. They that love it so eat its fruit, which means as a leader, you have got to learn, watch this, how to monitor the things that are coming out of your mouth and make sure that your words are speaking life. Because as a leader, what you say doesn't just affect you, it affects what you lead. So as a leader, you can't go around killing you with your tongue and killing what you lead with your tongue. So just everybody, let's do it on the count of three. Open your mouth and let's say it together. One, two, three, I'm a history maker. Let's do it again because some of you didn't know what to say. That's all right. Let's do it again. One, two, three, I'm a history maker. In Mark chapter five, verse 22, we're going to start and I'm going to go verse by verse. I'm going to extract some things from a leadership perspective. 
All right. And for those of you that are pastors, I always encourage you, um, and even those that are not, I always encourage you as you're looking at the Bible, there are so many different angles and perspectives from which the story can be looked at. And so um, tonight we're going to look at some things from a leadership angle that you've probably never heard. All right. Mark 5, 22. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue. Stop. That means he's the leader. He's a ruler. Uh, his way wasn't working, so he had to go do it another way. His name is uh, uh, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Let's extract the leadership principle from here. When you are ambitious, you cannot be arrogant. Come on, that's good. When you're ambitious, you can't be arrogant. When you have a strong determination or desire to achieve something that requires determination and hard work, you cannot be arrogant. Arrogant people are normally false in their ambition. They don't really want to accomplish anything. They just want to pretend like they want to accomplish something. Because when you're really ambitious, you are not arrogant, all right? And behold, one of the rulers. So he's a leader in the synagogue. He, uh, Jairus by, or Jairus by name. And when he saw him, talking about Jesus, he fell at his feet. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't too proud to worship. And let me encourage every leader. You should be the most voluntarily radical in your praise and worship before a situation comes that makes you involuntarily radical. All right. So he kneels, which is an act of humility. He's not arrogant. He's ambitious, not arrogant. And then watch this. It's an act of worship. To kneel down is an act of worship. It's an act of praise. So he gets radical because when you're ambitious, what did we learn? Whatever it takes. So he wasn't going to go to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, you know, I'm J. Iris. Here's one of my business cards. You know, I need a miracle and I really want to talk to you about this miracle that I need. He didn't do that because when you're ambitious, you're not arrogant. Verse 23, and begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Now we know why he's ambitious because he's got a situation he needs to see change. Here's the second thing about being ambitious is you have got to be, watch me, you've got to be aggressive. To be ambitious, you've got to be aggressive. Now, aggressive, again, is another word that many times it gets a bad rap. And people say, that's just too aggressive. That's too aggressive. But let's just look at the definition. It simply means this. Uh, ready or likely to attack or confront, characterized by or resulting from aggression. Okay? Attack or confront, resulting from aggression. Uh, here's, let's go to another definition. It means pursuing one's aims and interests forcefully, sometimes unduly so. Now, the key word, the operative word is sometimes. When you're aggressive, that just means I am, listen, I am pursuing what it is that I'm going after forcefully. Um, why am I being forceful? I'm not being rude. I'm not being mean. I'm not stepping over people. I'm not lying to people. I'm not doing things wrong, but I've got to act in a way that helps me to achieve my goal. There's a saying we have at Harvest says, and one of our core values, in fact, um, we don't take sides, we take over. Uh, I remember one time being accused by an organization or a, um, the leader of an organization. They said, Harvest, you guys are just so aggressive about reaching people and, and Jesus wouldn't be that way. And I said, oh my God, thank you for the compliment. He thought when he said that to us and said that to me in particular, that it was, I took it as a negative. I didn't. I said, thank you. If I'm not accused of being aggressive at accomplishing my goal, then I'm not doing it right. 
And some of you, I want to encourage you as a leader, you've been too passive about what you need to achieve. And if you are passive, watch me, you are not operating as an ambitious leader, which means when stuff comes to stop you, you'll get, you'll get distracted, you'll get frustrated, you'll want to give up. Verse 23 says, and he begged him earnestly, he's aggressive, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, here's what's amazing. When Jairus kneels before Jesus, he literally interrupts Jesus' existing plans. Woo, now stay with me, leaders. His, his not being arrogant and him being aggressive, it literally interrupts Jesus' existing plan, which means to be a leader, you have got to place yourself in position to where you are interrupting whatever is not moving in the direction you need for it to go. Let's be practical. If you're starting a business and you uh, you did a business loan application and they said, we're going to call you back uh, when you know soon. And, you know, so it's been 24 hours and you follow up, you don't hear back. Been another 24 hours and you don't hear back. Watch me. An aggressive and ambitious leader will say, wait a minute. I'm just going to call or, you know what, I'll follow up with an email or I'll just go down to the bank myself or I'll try to reach the person that that person reports to or why I need to get this uh, goal reached so I can expand my business, which means I'm not just going to sit back and say, I'm just waiting to hear something. No, I am going to interrupt. Come on, leader. You got to type this down. I'm the interruption. I'm going to interrupt what's happening so that I can accomplish what my goal is. All right. So this man interrupts Jesus and look at verse 24 of Mark 5. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Verse 25. Now let's watch another shift because something's about to change. Now, a certain woman, y'all are familiar with this, but I'm going to teach it to you on today's leadership talk from a leadership perspective. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood. Uh, for 12 years. Now, what's amazing um, is that problems don't discriminate. Uh, if you're a leader, there are certain, listen, that just means your problems don't just come from you. They're going to come from other people. Problems don't discriminate. She is uh, deemed an unclean woman because of this flow of blood. And Jairus, who's a church leader, they both have an issue at the same time. Neither was on Jesus' agenda, but their ambition put them there. Uh, let me give you another word that's more spiritual that you'll quickly identify with. Their faith put them there. Faith is ambitious. How do you know that, Bishop Foreman? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Come on, let's finish it, history maker. And the evidence of things not seen, which means this, that my faith is, and let's remember what the definition of ambition is. Uh, the definition of ambition is this. It is that I have a strong desire to achieve something, to do or to achieve something, typically requiring determination and hard work. So this woman gets in front of Jesus and she interrupts and she's determined, I'm getting healed. Jairus gets in front of Jesus. He's ambitious. He's determined he's going to get healed. So their ambition goes hand in hand with their faith. Some of you, people will try to tell you, you're too ambitious. You're too ambitious. And, and while that may be true, I want to submit to you, many leaders are not ambitious enough. All right. And so consequently, stuff that could take a day ends up taking months, weeks, years 
because of the lack of aggressiveness. Let's go. Verse 26. And she had suffered many things from physicians. And noticing uh, the suffering wasn't from her issue of blood. The suffering was from the physicians, the people she tried to get to fix her issue, which is amazing. Because if we look at that from a leadership standpoint, many times we are trying to find people and things to fix our issue, not realizing that all change starts as an inside job. Pause. Leader, what needs to change in you so things change around you? I'm going to say it again. What needs to change in you so that things can change around you? All right. The Bible goes on to say she spent all that she had and was no better but rather she grew worse. While she literally had an issue of blood, blood is a metaphor for life in the Bible. So she's having private issues that are causing public problems. And as a leader, you will often find yourself in the seat of this woman. See, remember, I'm teaching this to you from a leadership perspective. See, she's got private issues that are creating public problems. What private issue? Is it a self-esteem issue that affects your lack of ambition? Is it a feeling of abandonment that affects your lack of ambition? What private issue do you have that's causing you a public problem? Because as a leader, you got to deal with it. And I'm going to help you do that tonight. All right. It goes on uh, that when we look at this, um, the reality is she had all of these unresolved issues in life that she can no longer ignore. And sometimes we think that because we don't talk about things, that things are resolved. But I want to submit to you, leader, whatever you sweep under the rug will simply become something bigger later. Whatever snake's heads you don't cut off will be a dragon after a while um, because these issues kept her from enjoying life. Um, and the reality is that sometimes when you consistently ignore things, you can become your own worst enemy. See, leader, if there's a problem in your organization, it is your problem to fix. If there's a problem in your church, a problem in your department, problem in your business, it's your problem to fix. And I want to go ahead and deal with the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Because sometimes when we think of that, we say, well, Bishop, you know, it's, these, it's this person. It's this person. Well, guess what, leader? Um, that's part of leadership. It means you got to deal with the issues that come with people. Amazingly, a 12-year process is summed up in five verses in this, uh, in this story in Mark chapter 5. And her entire journey isn't chronicled in the text. But she's had this issue of blood or this issue of life, or let's take it further, this issue of leadership, listen to the numbers, for 378 million, 432 seconds, 432,000 seconds, 6,307,200 minutes, 105,120 hours, 4,380 days, 144 months, 12 years. Everybody knew she was unclean because when you were unclean, you had to dress like what was going on in you. And I want to pause here. As a leader, you often wear externally what's going on internally. So I want to ask you this question, leader. What uh, on the inside needs to change so that you can automatically change what's happening on the outside? See, if you're a leader that always wears your anger on your face, um, and that's a reality. Listen, I am one that can tell the truth. I, I know there's some hand movements and neck movements and facial expressions that I can have that, uh, that, that are going. But here's what I discovered. My powers in my joy, my powers in my smile. As a leader, people take their cues from you. So people need to see the leader enjoying so that they will enjoy. Now, listen, 
she had to dress differently. So can you imagine what this did to her self-esteem? It had to be low. And people with so low self-esteem are, are either normally very prideful or they're very vulnerable to everything. Um, and so the reality is, is sometimes, leaders, God will use the issues that are happening in you personally to help you deal with something in what you are leading. And I need you to check that. Sometimes what you're dealing with personally, God will allow that to affect, uh, uh, to help you see something in what you are leading. All right, let's get to verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, what does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing. She came behind him in the crowd, just like Jairus. It's a posture of worship. So as, as from a leadership perspective, she hears there's a way to fix this. She hears there's a way to get better. And what does she do, leader? She comes behind him in the crowd, which means she's got to press her way through the crowd. Because what's that second principle? Ambitious leaders are aggressive. So she fights through the crowd, which means she has to get low and go. And sometimes as a leader, you cannot be concerned about people knowing your name, people knowing your title, people knowing all of your accomplishments. You have got to accomplish the goal because ambition sometimes uh, has to lay waste to some of those things that we sometimes make important that simply aren't. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may only touch his clothes, I will be made well. Now, this is amazing. Because she starts encouraging herself, and I made reference to that already, leader. She starts encouraging herself, even after all this disappointment. And she wasn't asking for money, material things, or a man. She was asking for herself. Um, watch me, leader. At the end of the day, what is it that you are saying in you about what you lead? Are you saying... I have an amazing organization. I have an amazing business. I have an amazing position. I have an amazing opportunity. Are you talking negative? Are you talking uh, negative things that are not helping to feed your faith, which is really your ambition? Sometimes your ambition can suffer from atrophy. What is atrophy? Atrophy is when things begin to decline or deteriorate due to neglect or underuse. I'm going to say it again. It's when something begins to decline from neglect uh, or underuse. So as a leader that's going to be a history maker, a leader that's going to be a world changer, a leader that's going to be effective, you've got to make sure that your ambition is not in atrophy because you've neglected to speak life into you about what you lead and how you lead. See, maybe you're the leader of a family. Are you just saying this family's going to hell? These kids are crazy, all of that. Or are you saying something that's going to speak life? She said within herself, if I can touch his clothes, I'm going to be made well. Um, now, if you study this out, you learn that uh, what happened is that there was rumors going around uh, and positive rumors because people were getting healed by touching his garment. And this woman got word of it. So she heard it was working for somebody else. And she said, the same God that did it for somebody else can do it for me. Can I get you to just say this? Can I just get you to say your name? Say your name. Come on. Say the same God that did it for another will do it for me. Come on. I need you to stir your faith leader. Come on. Say the same God that did it for another will do it for me. All right. And look at verse 29. Immediately. The fountain of blood, uh, uh, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Now, listen, her skin may have still been bloody. Listen to me, leader. 
but the source of the issue dried up. Because the God you and I believe in, he doesn't just paint fruit, he fixes the root. And if you fix the root, the fruit auto-corrects. As a leader, our job is to fix the fruit, excuse me, fix the root, the fruit will fix itself. So many times the way we fix the root leader, it's right here. It is through asking. I'm giving you four A's. Leaders are, uh, 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 you got to be ambitious. To be ambitious, you can't be arrogant. To be ambitious, you have to be aggressive. To be ambitious, you have to make sure that your ambition doesn't suffer from atrophy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then here's the next thing. To be an ambitious leader, you got to ask questions. When you begin to ask questions, you get to the root, not just the fruit. I want to ask you, what questions are you asking of your team? What questions are you asking of your leader? What questions are you asking of yourself? The quality of life you live as a leader is determined by the quality of questions you ask. Every innovative product, every innovation in business that we have ever had came because somebody started asking questions. Let's go further. Now, look, verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? In essence, they were like, why would you even ask this question? And all of these people are around you, which means these are supposed to be leaders that are around Jesus, which means all leaders don't see the same. So you have to surround yourself with leaders that will stretch you and leaders that will help you to grow. I want to ask you a question. What's currently stretching you? Because if the answer is nothing, your ambition is an atrophy, which means your faith is too. All right. And Jesus immediately knowing in herself, the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd, said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said, you see this multitude throwing and you say, who touched me? He looked around to see who, uh, her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. Stop. At some point, she stands up because remember, she came low and she and she went at some point. She has to stand up, which means as a leader, once you begin to deal with issues, what changes your posture changes? She went from being a leader that was low on the ground to a leader that is now standing. Bishop Foreman, what does that mean? Practically, at some point, leader, you need to work in it. And there's sometimes you need to stand up and work on it. I'm going to say it again because it's a very important principle, especially for my pastors and my business owners, my entrepreneurs. Sometimes you need to work in it. That's what she was doing when she was low. But sometimes you got to stand up so you can work on it. Um, meaning you need to step back so you can say, what needs to change? What needs to be different? What I need to rearrange. Let me look at this from another perspective. Let me look at this from another angle. Just like we're doing with this story tonight. We're looking at a very popular story in the Bible, but we're examining it through the lens and perspective of leadership. Verse 33. The woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Whole truth is significant because Leviticus teaches us that the issue of blood she had was more than likely because she wasn't innocent. It's more than likely because of a relationship that she entered in. And I won't jump into that too detail tonight on this leadership talk. What's amazing is that as a leader, here's the next thing. We have to tell the whole truth. 
you have to be honest about where you're at and where things are at. See, being ambitious doesn't mean that you're in denial. Being ambitious, here it is, it means you are aware. Come on, leader. Being ambitious means you are aware. She tells him the whole truth. And the Bible specifically says the whole truth because she wasn't trying to be fake. She was being real so that she could heal. And as a leader, sometimes we're in denial about the reality. Like if you're, if you're the leader of a music department, you got to tell the whole truth about people who can't sing. That doesn't mean they're bad people, but tell the truths. You know, making a joyful noise is different than making a noise that it's a joy. All right. You got to be honest about that. You got to be honest about, okay, how much money did we really produce in, in, in last month? What was really produced if you're a business owner? What did we really produce? I know what our ambitions were for. I know what our faith was for, but what did we really produce? What did we really do? What really changed? Those are the questions that we have absolutely, absolutely got to ask ourselves. And then finally, finally, uh, as we move forward, as we are looking at this, uh, I want to give you this last piece. I'm going to give you this last piece um, as it relates to that. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. That's good. He calls her daughter. She starts out as a woman in the story, and he ends up calling her daughter. Why is that so critical? Because as a leader, she needed to be affirmed. I gave you lots of good things tonight. As a leader, she needed to be affirmed. Um, the real issue some leaders have is that they wonder if they're good enough. They want, and this is what's dangerous. It's because if you're an unaffirmed leader, you will look to the applause of the crowds to affirm you, not realizing that those applauds will not always be there. The same people that applaud you one day could be the same people that are screaming, crucify you the next day. So you have to ask yourself the question. You got to ask yourself the question, what is it that's really going on? What is it that's really happening? So uh, you got to be aware. So I gave you several things tonight I want to hit. Real quick, as, a, as a, an ambitious leader, you can't be arrogant. As an ambitious leader, you have to be aggressive. As an ambitious leader, you have to make sure that your ambition is not an atrophy. As an ambitious leader, you have to make sure that you are aware. You got to make sure that you tell the whole truth. Several nuggets that I hope you go back, listen to this over again, watch this over again. But as an ambitious leader, lastly, she was affirmed. Uh, how do I get that affirmation? As an ambitious leader who believes in God, it starts with God. But number two, I want to submit this to you. It's important that as a leader, you have very strong communication with whoever's leading you. What does that mean? It's important that you keep good lines of communication open to whoever's leading you. Because as a leader, you need backup, all right? You need backup. Yes, you encourage yourself, but you need backup. And so this is one of the reasons why for those that I lead in the Harvest Leadership Network and all the different things Harvest does is that uh, I bring as many resources as I can so that there is constant communication and uh, constant uh, opportunity for affirmation to be given to leaders. All right, listen, I want to open it up for questions. I want to open it up for questions uh, that you may have. So we're going to open the lines. I'm going to ask that you would mute your phone before I open the lines, just so that uh, the reason we keep the line muted 
so that if people ever have questions, they ever have issues or anything like that, uh, that we are able to, uh, <laughs> we are able to certainly, uh, be mindful of that and uh, and not here. We don't want to hear you frying your chicken and picking your kids up from from soccer practice and stuff like that. All right. So I'm gonna open. I'm gonna ask that you mute your phone, and then uh, I'm gonna unmute all of the lines, and then we're gonna ask questions. And actually, I'm gonna do this uh, impromptu. I'm gonna actually shift so that um, the a video that we're doing will also be able to have the Q and A on the video. So. I'm going to speaker so that it'll be on the video too. And uh, just try something a little different, a little impromptu tonight. So we're going to unmute all of the lines. All participants are unmuted. Excellent. If you got any questions tonight on what we covered, as well as any questions on leadership in general, um, go ahead. Just give us your uh, just give us your name. Let us know what city you're from, and then ask your question. We'll spend about five minutes on Q and A, uh, and then we're gonna pray and we're gonna wrap up. So uh, go ahead. The lines are open. Everybody know Russ to ask a question at one time. <laughs> Hello, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell us your name and tell us where you're calling from. Hello from Maryland. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Excellent. So, um, okay. So my question, first of all, thank you so much for your ministry. It's it blessed me like so much. I can't even put it into words. Wow. Um, but you know, from the prayers, Monday night. Commander your week and pop up like everything has just been on point so first of all thank you for that wow thank you it's my pleasure my pleasure yeah yes and then so um the other thing um i know a scripture that kind of um has come to mind this week is about how we should be thankful in all things but not necessarily for all things sure and then tonight we mentioned that um, you know, we did a look inside, um, you know, as far as things that we need to change within ourselves, and some of the things that we're going through can also um, be helping our ministry. So can you kind of elaborate on, um, like, do you think that some things that we go through, is it to um, minister to other people that are going through the same things, or is that just a part of it, or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great question. Great question. Just so that there's no um, there's no feedback, I'm going to mute the lines again and uh, real quickly here, but just so I can answer your question. Amazing question. Um, so with that... All participants are muted. There we go. So with that, um, one of the things, um, as a leader... Uh, and just as a as a Christian period, everything you go through is not just for you. It's always for the benefit of somebody else. And so the scripture you reference, First Thessalonians, I perceive, First Thessalonians five eighteen, give thanks in every circumstance. It seems whatever I find myself in, I'm going to be thankful. And when I'm thankful, it is literally going to change the trajectory of whatever I'm in, especially from a leadership standpoint. So sometimes as a leader, I remember. I give you an example uh, at Harvest. So Harvest Harvest Church is planted in Denver, Colorado. Denver is uh, the bottom four of church attendance in the nation, and the state of Colorado is only four percent African American. So there's not a lot of cultural, ethnic, or racial diversity in the state. All right, and I remember. I give you that just so you have context, all right? Because as a leader, you can't judge what your efficacy or your effectiveness um, based on somebody else's because everybody's been dealt a different hand. So that's number one. But then number two, I remember on a Friday, uh, we got a call. We were uh, in a school at the time. 
and we got a call and they said, you literally have, this is your last Sunday. This Sunday, you have to go somewhere else because they did not communicate and let the principal know there was a church in there. And when the principal found out, the principal said, oh, no, I do not want a church in my school. And we literally had to go. So we get that call on a Friday morning. And I'm scrambling because I'm like, whoa, what are we going to do? And so we're going around, going around, trying to figure out what we're going to do. I have one of my leaders with me and we're searching for options. And so basically gets down to where we're looking at a hotel. And I said, OK, great. This is it. This is going to work. I said, you know, the, 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 the money makes sense. The, the cost of it makes sense. Let's do it. Then the woman says, well, now, wait a minute. Um, now, these are the dates you can't have church. I said, what? I said, you can't have church and not have church. I said, this is not going to work. And so in that, um, you know, I said, this is just not going to work. I said, but I don't know what other options we have. I chose to stay in a place of thankfulness uh, as a leader, realizing that what I was going through wasn't just for me as an individual, which it is, number one, but number two, it was for others. Because just like I'm sharing this testimony with you now, this is going to encourage somebody, just like uh, I'm sh I've shared it before. But number three, it was about those that I lead. Because the people you lead need to see you succeed. I'm going to say it again. The people you lead need to see you succeed. And so uh, I'm thinking, God, how is this going to work? How is this going to happen? I drive past the building and uh, it says for lease. I call. The man answers. He's speaking a foreign language. I don't know. I immediately hang up and I hang up with an attitude. And so I go, I go to a, a chicken restaurant to get me some chicken back when I used to eat fast food. And I go. I get me some, and I and uh, while I'm driving there, the gentleman, uh, the Holy Ghost says, call him back. I pick up the phone. I call him back. I got an attitude. I say, do you have space for a church or not? He All of a sudden now, he says, oh, yes, yes. I said, well, wait a minute. Now you speak English all of a sudden? Oh, yes, we have space for a church. Make a long story short. We go in. That ch The church that was there just disappeared uh, a few days prior to that, which means had we went there a few days prior, we would have been told there was no space. We called on the right day at the right time, followed the right instruction because I chose to keep a posture of thankfulness and gratitude. So as a leader, yes, everything ultimately starts with you, but then it's always to bless and to benefit others, not just as a leader, but as a Christian. Great question. I'm going to unmute the All lines again so that uh, I hope that answers that question for you. Does that answer that for you? Absolutely. Yes. Great question. Absolutely. Guys, the lines are open. Any other questions about uh, leadership, what we've talked about tonight, or just leadership in general that I can answer for you? It's a great question. Anybody else? Just tell us your name and where you where yeah. you're calling from. Yes, sir. My name is Karen. I'm from Aurora. Hello. Shalom. Oh, yes. Uh, hi. Hi. I want to ask a question because I'm dealing with an issue here. Okay. Um, what... Um, could you tell me from your knowledge, uh, why is it so difficult to get and receive or transfer paperwork from another state? Because I don't want to be an atrophy. <laughs> Great question. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, every situation is going to be different. And so uh, I, I can't speak to that specifically without having details. What I can say is this, is remaining aggressive. And remaining ambitious is important, okay. especially if you're dealing with the government, state entities, local entities, uh, entities, federal entities. Um, that's very important that you are very aggressive and ambitious uh, as it relates to that, because um, the reality is as many times they are uh, overworked and understaffed. And so 
it's important that you stay very ambitious. So I can't speak to it specifically without having more detail, but I can tell you remain ambitious. I would call them every day and send them letters every day. Um, I remember one time there was something I was trying to get done and I literally sent a letter once a week, every week for six months until I got what I wanted. And I got what I wanted. So you got to remain ambitious. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anybody else? Just uh, just let us know. The lines are unmuted. Let us know where you're calling from. Just give us your name and where you're calling from. We'll take uh, one more question. Hello, Bishop. Yes, sir. This is uh, Pastor Rico Holland in Dallas, Fort Worth. Hey, I'm sir. Doing I'm doing good. Doing good. Good to, good, to, good to hear your voice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to hit on the point, uh, get you to elaborate on the point where you made, uh, where it says here, what needs to change in you so things can change around you. Right. Uh, one of the things that I'm dealing with right now is trying to get my team to become more proactive. And what I would like to do is for them to take more action rather than to see things that need to be done so that they can take more action rather than me directing them to take the action. So what self-evaluation do I need to do in order to get that accomplished? Great question. That's an amazing question. Um, again, just to summarize the question, what does he need to do as a leader to get his people to become more proactive and not wait on a directive? So uh, in that, so again, everything rises and falls on leadership. So everything in an organization starts Starts with the leader, ends with the leader. Um, and so um, the first thing that I would say if I'm a very practical thing is one, being very clear on the limitations of their liberties. I'm going to say it again, being very clear on the limitations of their liberties. Sometimes people don't act because they do not know the limit to which they can act. So being very clear that, listen, let's just use, uh, let's just use uh, music for an example in church. Let's just use that. So um, if you've got a specific way you want praise and worship to flow, then you're being very direct about this is the way I want it to flow. These are the songs, etc. But then telling your worship leader, here's your liberties. So your liberties are if you're sensing the atmosphere needs a change, you can change you can change the song. Um, maybe you don't want them to operate with that level of liberty. So may, maybe what you want to say there is, listen, I want you to take. If you think that the atmosphere needs a shift, take a moment to exhort, but don't change the flow of songs. That's a practical example. Let me give you one more. Uh, if you're dealing with, for example, um, let's use something real pragmatic, an usher, and you want your leader of your ushers to take responsibility for the auditorium and make sure that the seats are aligned, the clean, tissues where it's supposed to be, all of that. Uh, making it clear to them, listen, everything that happens in this auditorium as it relates to the logistics in this room are, are directly your responsibility. So do not wait on me to tell you to set the tissue, to put the chairs, etc. So one, give people the limits of their liberties so that they know what to do. Number two is do not do it for them. Sometimes as a leader, especially when you're a get or done ambitious leader, and I'm that way, sometimes here's what we'll say. Well, I'll just get it done because by the time I tell you to do it, I could have done it. Here's the problem. But you're not fixing the problem. So what has to change in you, and I'm not saying this is you, but just for the principle's sake, as a leader, is that you have to take the initiative to say, you know what, I could do it, but if I do it, then I become the lid. So I didn't make a leader, I became the lid. And I need somebody that can solve this without me telling them. So the second point there is don't do it for them. Always make them do it. The third um, is, uh, I'm going to use this word because it's a word sometimes people are scared to use in today's culture, 
um, but it's the truth because it exists everywhere. It's consequences. There's got to be consequences if leaders don't produce once they know the limits of their liberties and two, uh, once they are also, uh, once you don't do it for them. So if a leader doesn't produce, it can't just be a thing of, oh, pastor, my bad. Okay, well, all right, I understand that, but I'm going to tell you something um, that I believe in. It's called AES, apologize, explain, give a solution. It's a principle of the Bible of repentance because repentance isn't just apologizing. Repentance is changing directions. So to produce leaders that think that way, you got to create systems that help them to think that way. So we call it apologize, explain, present a solution. So if a leader consistently does the same thing, then it, it just means they, they're in the wrong seat uh, because they're not executing for you. And so you got to watch out for that. Does that answer that for you, Pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Guys, I said one more question. Um, I will give, since we got a couple of minutes, I will give time for one more question, a real quick one. Just tell me who you are and where you're calling from. Just one more question if there's one. All right. Nobody. All right. I feel like the old Baptist church. Is there one? All right. Hey, listen, uh, guys, again, I pray you've been blessed tonight. I pray you've been blessed tonight. Play that you grew. Um, make sure that you get the podcast, submit to that or subscribe to that again tonight. Again, I did something different. We videoed it tonight. So that'll be available too. Uh, for you to get. So make sure you avail yourself to that. I encourage you to sow tonight. If this bless you, if this fed you, feed what feeds you. Again, PayPal, you can give to hello at harvestchurch.church. You can also go to Harvest Church, that church, click on the give button. If you want to use Cash App, you can go Harvest Church Give or Bishop Foreman, uh, or you can mail it. Um, that information is on the website also. If you're already connected to Harvest, you got text to give. You can literally text the amount to 84321. So if you wanted to sow $1,000, you text 1000 to the phone number 84321. A link will come up. You type in Harvest Church. When you see the Harvest V, you'll know that's where you want to be, and you can do it that way. So make sure you do that. If I could just get uh, 20 of you all that were blessed uh, by this and it fed you to sow, that is certainly going to help to transform and change lives. So I appreciate you. Love you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for these ambitious leaders. These are history makers. I pray strength into them. I pray wisdom into them, fortitude into them now as they move in what you've ordained. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have an amazing, amazing day. And uh, shalom to you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.